Well, what's going on, Liberty 412 family? This is M.A., and I am so excited. We are back in week six of Breaking Down 1 Timothy 4.12, and uh, this week we are on faith. And so we are going to dive into what faith is and really trying to understand what the Apostle Paul was telling young Timothy in to set an example in faith. So the real question we have to come up with is, what is faith? This is something we always got to ask is, what is this that we are talking about? So we say things like, hey, faith over fear. And we say things like we need to stand on our faith. But do we actually know what that means? And do we truly have faith? We can say it all day long, but does our lives live out what our words speak? So faith is, by definition, the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So when we say we have faith in God, what we are truly saying in that moment is we completely trust and have complete confidence in Him. Now Hebrews 11.1 says this, the scripture says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So when we talk about faith, it can be practically put into action every single day of our lives, and that is by sitting in a chair. So every time you sit in a chair, you basically are saying, as your body is moving down to put weight on that chair, you're saying that you have assurance of hope that it will hold you up. Even before that, you even before you actually sit down, you are putting faith in that chair to hold you up. That is faith. Now, I want to bring out a story that I think is amazing to talk about faith and to also talk about just in general how, man, sometimes we say things, but our lives don't actually live it out. So there's a story about this, this man named Charles Blondin, and he was made famous in the summer of 1859 because he walked 160 feet above Niagara Falls several different times, back and forth from Canada to the United States. And it became such a popular thing that huge crowds began to develop. Huge crowds began to come watch Charles Blondin do this tightrope walk across Niagara Falls. Now, the, crowd, the crowds were shocked and awed, and he crossed several different times. There is evidence that he crossed in a sack. Um, he once crossed on stilts. Um, and they say he even once carried a stove across and cooked an omelet while crossing over the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. And so on July 15th of that year, Blondin walked backwards across the tightrope. They say he walked forwards, he walked backwards. He even walked blindfolded across back and forth. And then he came out with a wheelbarrow and he pushed the wheelbarrow across forwards and backwards. And then as the crowds were amazed by even more, the crowds watched, they oohed and odd. He had, he, he had proven that he could do it over and over again. And so by asking the crowd, he said, who here believes that I can actually walk across this with this wheelbarrow with somebody in it? And the crowds cheered. They're like, we believe you can do it. We can believe you can do it. And so when he, when he heard that, he said, all right, who wants to hop in? And nobody was willing to step forward to hop in. Now, it says that after several days of trying this, it says that his, um, his agent or his uh, publicity guy, actually, his manager, Harry Concord, actually did ride with Blondin back and forth in the wheelbarrow. But what I find this interesting is, is we can watch somebody do these amazing things. We can watch Charles Blondin go forward and backward, blindfolded on stilts in a, in a potato sack, 
carrying a stove and making an omelet. And we could say all day long, I believe he can make it. But when Charles Blondin put their, their mouths to action and said, if you honestly do believe, if you have faith in me that I can wheel somebody across this tightrope in a wheelbarrow, then come get in the wheelbarrow. Nobody was willing to do it. So here's the truth of the matter. James, the brother, the half-brother of Jesus, approaches this head-on in James chapter 2, verse 26. And one thing I love about James is James does not mince words. He's very forward and very straightforward. And so he says this in verse 26 of chapter 2 of his book in James. It says, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So what James is trying to say here is you can say that you have faith all day long. You can say you believe in God. You can say you believe in the promises of God. How about you get in that wheelbarrow and prove it? And that is what we are faced with today is trying to figure out when we say we have faith and when Paul is telling young Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 12 to set an example in your faith. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't just mean that we talk about our faith. It doesn't just mean that we tell others that we have this faith in God. It means that our lives live it out in a daily, in our daily lives. So the first question we have to ask, and parents, these are questions I'm going to be asking your students. So these are questions that you can come back to them throughout the week and re reiterate with them is, but this, do you have faith in God? And where in your life do you struggle to trust God? So those are, those are questions, a kind of icebreaker. If you honestly believe that you say you trust God, let's also look at our lives and examine where in our life that we can honestly say that we struggle to trust God. Now, there's a story in the Bible that I think lays this out perfectly, and that is in Matthew chapter 14. And starting in verse 22, this is the account of Peter. Well, it says Jesus walking on water, but it's when Peter actually... They see Jesus walking on water and Peter says, if it is truly you, Lord, tell me to come walk out on water. And we see Peter walks out toward Jesus. And so in chapter 14, verse 22, we're going to pick it up. And it says this, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him and other, to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. And the boat by this time was a long way from land beaten by the waves for the wind was against against them and the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were terrified and said it is a ghost and they cried out in fear but immediately jesus spoke to them saying take heart it is i do not be afraid and peter answered him lord if it is you command me to come come to you on the water and he said come so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So we're going to stop right there for a minute. And the second question I have is, so Peter had faith to step off the boat in the middle of a storm. And he honestly had the faith and believed in God enough that he said, if it is you, Lord, allow me to come walk to you on the water. So my question for you is, do you have that kind of faith? Do you have that kind of faith in God that not only can you do something that is absolutely outside the realm of human possibility, and that is walk across the water, but do you have the faith to be able to do it in the middle of a raging storm? Do you have the faith in God to say, hey, if it is truly you, I'm going to step out of this boat and I'm going to walk on water to you.
That's a hard question. Do we have that kind of faith? When we say, let's have faith over fear, let's have faith in God. Do we have that kind of faith? Well, the story doesn't end there. Let's continue on in verses 30 through 31. And it says this, but when the wind, when, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So what's interesting is in, in just literally one verse, you have Peter being so bold as to say, If it is truly you, let me walk out on the water which no human has ever done except except for Peter that I know of and Jesus. And so he's saying, hey, if it is truly you, I believe in you enough. I have faith in you enough to step out of this boat and walk on water, which is humanly impossible. And then literally just in one verse, it says that he began to look at the wind and the wave and he began to lose faith. So that's the question we need to ask is, what made Peter lose his faith? Did he quit relying and quit believing in God and what God could do? Or was it that he started focusing on the storm around him? See, I, I firmly believe that Peter really honestly had the faith to step out of that boat like he did. And he still remained to have the faith that Jesus would allow him to walk on water. But Peter's focus shifted. Peter began focusing on the winds and the waves, and he allowed the devil to whisper into his ear fear, and he began to believe the fear of what the storm was showing around him rather than keeping his eyes focused on Jesus. So what makes Peter lose his faith and what makes us lose our faith in situations? Is it because we lose faith in what God has said in his promises? And we begin to focus on the things around us and the storms around us. And, and there are things in this world where we're like, that is not reality. There is no way that this is going to happen. That is not how facts of life work. Well, the fact of the matter is, Peter was walking on water. That does not work inside the realm of possibility in our human minds. God is bigger than that. Do we have the faith in that? The next question is this. What was Jesus's response to Peter? Well, when you first read this and the first time I read it, and probably you would think we always go to the negative. We always sit there where Jesus said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now that is a truth. That is Jesus did say that. But what really hit me hard was in verse 31, it says this, that immediately Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him. See, even in Peter's doubting, even in Peter's just absolute taking his eyes off the Lord and losing faith in Jesus, it says that Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. And so that's how I want to end this right now as, as, we, as we end through faith and talk about that Jesus, even in our doubt, puts his hand on us and takes hold of us. John 10, 27 through 29 says that we are his sheep and no one will snatch them from my hand. If we are truly his, if we are saved and we are redeemed, Jesus says that we are his and no one can snatch them out of our hands. That means us included. That is a promise. 
And if you are saved, you have and you have surrendered the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then he will never let you go. And so in reality, I just want to take a little bit of time and read through some scripture that are the promises of God. So we're going to read through a bunch of scriptures here, and I'm just going to run right through them real quick. Uh, so y'all hold on. And this gets me a little jacked up because there's nothing more that feeds my soul than listening to the promises of God. Isaiah 43, 1 through 4. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. I give men in return for you and peoples in exchange for your life. Deuteronomy 31.8 says this, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear, be fear, do not fear or be dismayed. Hebrews 13.5-6 says, Keep your life free from, from the love of money and content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Romans 8.38-39 says, For I am sure that neither, neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalms 139.14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here's the question. Do you believe the promises of God? And do you have faith to step out of the boat? And do you have faith that when you begin to sink, that he will grab hold of you? John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and may have it abundantly. The truth of the matter is, is we will all doubt at some point in our lives. But the truth of the matter also is, is that in our doubt, if we are his, he reaches out immediately and grabs hold of us. So let's walk forward being bold in our lives, not just talking about our faith, but doing things that seem humanly impossible. Because when he asks us to step out of the boat, Let's be a living example of the faith that we have. Y'all stay humble, stay focused, and keep pressing on.